The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to Truth Transforms. Join in for spiritually enlightening discussion and the practical application of new thought principles. Here's your host, Reverend Galen McDowell. Hello, welcome to True Transforms. I'm your host, Galen McDowell. I'm the executive minister, senior assistant minister, and the director of the Johnny Coleman Institute at Christ Universal Temple, where the Reverend Dr. Derek B. Wells is the senior minister, and the Reverend Dr. Johnny Coleman is the founder. I'm in the midst of a series titled Exploring the Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer, where I'm teaching chapter by chapter the book The Power of Intention by Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm actually absolutely loving this book. And I've been doing something that I normally don't do, which is teach the same chapter multiple times. I've only done that, I think that once or twice before, where I didn't cover a full chapter in one episode. This is gonna be a quick episode. Um, I'm gonna have a couple of weeks break after this episode. So just wanna make sure that we get some good material out just to hold you over till I can get back. So this is going to be a quick shot. So today I am starting on chapter four, which is obstacles to connecting to intention. And this is a great chapter. I'm only going to teach the first several pages of this chapter today. And when I get back to doing more podcasts in a couple of weeks, I will then complete the rest of this chapter. But right now, I just want to give you something to ponder on, because I think this chapter has a lot of great material, just like all the other chapters. So it starts off with a quote from William Blake. And William Blake, by the way, was a favorite of Neville Goddard. Neville, who I'm a big fan of, quoted Blake in almost every book that he wrote. Now, it goes on to say, uh, William Blake, does a firm persuasion that a thing is so make it so? He replied, all poets believe that it does. And in ages of imagination, this firm persuasion removes mountains, but many are not capable of a firm persuasion of anything. So basically what he's trying to remind people is, and this quote with Blake is, if you're in the state of understanding that you can create a thing in your imagination, that energy, that intention, that power is literally the power that changes life, that transforms life, that creates the breakthrough that we seek. So I think it's really important for us to understand that. So Wayne Dyer starts off this chapter in the second paragraph by writing that in the past, as a practicing counselor and therapist, I encouraged clients to first consider what they want to manifest in their lives and hold that thought firmly in their imagination. Only after this was solidified would I examine and consider the obstacles. 
I want to read that again because I think that's so powerful. In the past, as a practicing counselor and therapist, I, I've encountered clients to, excuse me, I, I've encouraged clients to first consider what they want to manifest in their lives and hold that thought firmly in their imagination. Only after this was solidified would I examine and consider the obstacles. So what he's basically saying was when he was a practicing mental health professional, before he would get into what the world would call the problems, the breakdowns, the obstacles, the challenges, he would first make sure that he helped his clients wrap their minds around what they really wanted to manifest in their lives. What did they really desire? What did they want to create or produce in their own lives? And to be able to firmly hold that image in their imagination. Then, and only after they would hold this image in mind, would he deal with the obstacles. Oh, he said, examine and consider the obstacles. Because here's the thing. A lot of people know what they don't want. A lot of people know what they don't like. A lot of people know what they don't want to do. But they're not really crystal clear about what they want to do, what they do like, and what they want to produce in their lives. So what this does is it helps us get to the space of understanding that we have to have vision. As scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Where there is no vision, the people perish. We have to have a goal that we're aiming towards. As Les Brown used to say, if you aim at nothing, you had nothing dead on the head. And the aim of this book, The Power of Intention, is to help us get in alignment with the divine intention of the universe. As we say it in the Universal Foundation for Better Living, we believe that it is God's will that every individual on the face of this earth should live a healthy, happy, and prosperous life. That's important. Now, so he goes on on page 62 and he wrote, I'm devoting this chapter to three areas that may be unrecognized obstacles to your connection to the power of intention. You'll be examining your inner speech, your level of energy, and your self-importance. Now, what I'm going to be doing dealing with today is just the inner speech part. We'll deal with the other parts when I, again, when I get back to make some podcasts in a few weeks. So. When you skip a couple of lines down, he's saying that in my version, I'm asking you to match up with the universal spirit of intention. As we go through the three categories of obstacles that hinder your connection to intention, I'll describe the areas that don't match and offer suggestions for creating a match. Remember that your ability to activate the power of intention in your life depends on your matching up with the creative source of all life. All right. So let's deal with your inner speech, your inner speech, match or no match. So he breaks this down in a few points. And the first match or or not match is thinking about what's missing in your life. Thinking about what's missing in your life. He wrote, to match up with intention, you must first have, you first have to catch yourself in that moment. You're thinking about what's missing, then shift to intention. Not what I find missing in my life, but to what 
I absolutely intend to manifest and attract into my life with no doubt, no waffling, and no explaining. So in other words, when you find yourself trending in thought towards what's missing, what's missing in money, what's missing in health, what's missing in peace of mind, what's missing in your marriage, what's missing with, with your family or other relationships, what's missing in your business, what's missing in your job. He's saying that's not a match to the power of intention. He gives examples. He wrote, no match. I don't have enough money. Match. I intend to attract unlimited abundance into my life. No match. My partner is grouchy and boring. Match. I tend to focus my thoughts on what I love about my partner. No match. I'm not as, as attractive as I like to be. Match. I am perfect in the eyes of God, a divine manifestation of the process of creation. No match. I don't have enough vitality and energy. Match. I'm a part of the ebb and flow of the limitless source of all life. Now, what this is really doing is disrupting the old pattern, the old mental pattern. So when it shows up, you're disrupting it and you're shifting from what your mind was focused on, what's missing, what's lacking, what's not there from your point of view to what you intend to create. What is the truth about you? And what is the truth about God in this situation? That's key. You have to disrupt it. Don't allow your mind to act like a snowball at the top of a mountain peak. And by the time it rolls down the mountain, it picks up so much energy that it turns into an avalanche. That's what happens with thought. We let thoughts trend in a particular way. And before we realize it, we're in full-blown full frustration, depression, anxiety, fear, or whatever. Don't allow your mind to snowball. Stop thinking about what's missing in your life and stop focusing on what you are seeking to produce in your life and get real clear about that and start to focus on what is already true about you in your life. I'm a spiritual being living in a spiritual universe governed by spiritual law. I'm God's idea of itself. I am perfect, whole, and complete. Again, factually, you might not match up with that. But again, it's your inner speech, and you have to realize that you're calling those things that be not as though they were. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Then it reads, if you spend your time thinking about what's missing, then that's what you expand in your life. I want to be clear about that. That's what he wrote. If you spend your time thinking about what's missing, then that's what you, uh, then that's what expands in your life. In other words, divine law is giving you that which gives you give to it. What you radiate, you attract. Jesus would say it this way. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Number two. Thinking about the circumstances of your life. That's another way to make sure that your uh, inner speech is matching or not matching. All right. So he wrote. If you don't like some of the circumstances of your life, by all means, don't think about them. That may seem like a paradox to you in this match game. You want to match up. Uh, this may sound like a paradox to you in this match game. You want to match up with the spirit of creation. You must train your imagination, 
which is the universal mind running through you to shift from what you don't want to what you do want. Now, this is a highlighter. If you don't have this highlighted in your book, all of that mental energy you spend complaining about what is to anyone who will listen is a magnet for attracting more of what it is into your life. Again, it's divine law. Life is consciousness. What you radiate, you attract, and you are always mentally radiating something. All right? So he wrote, simply change your inner speech to what you intend the new circumstances of your life to be. Practice thinking from the end by playing the match game and by realigning yourself with the field of intention. In other words, keep your mind on where you want to go or what you want to produce. And like in Sodom and Gomorrah, God told Lot and his family, don't look back. And when Lot's wife looked back, she got turned into a pillar of salt. This is an allegory. But what it's saying is you can get stuck looking in the past. You can get stuck dwelling on what's wrong. You can get stuck being mesmerized by your past or your pain. You got to go forward. So he wrote things like no match. I hate this place we're living in. It gives me the creeps match. I can see our new home in my mind and I intend to be living in it within six months. No match. When I see myself in the mirror, I despise the fact that I am nearsighted and out of shape match. I'm placing this drawing of how I intend to look right here on the mirror and so on and so on and so on. So he wrote, you must learn to assume responsibilities for the circumstances of your life without the accompanying guilt. So I'm worrying about karma and all this other stuff and stay focused on, yes, I'm responsible, but I'm not going to have guilt. I'm not going to beat myself up and I'm going to intend a new experience. And he wrote, link up with intention. Use your inner speech to stay focused on what you intend to create and you'll find yourself regaining the power of your source. In other words, as Johnny Coleman used to say, I am the thinker that thinks the thought that makes the thing. That's the process. We're going to take a quick moment for a quick break. And we'll be right back with Truth Transforms. Welcome back to Truth Transforms. I'm in the midst of chapter four, Obstacles to Connection, in the book, The Power of Intention. And now we're on the third point of inner speech. And the third point is thinking about what has always been. Thinking about what has always been. Now, I compare this to driving on the highway 
and only looking in your rearview mirror. You're going to drive into something. You're going to have a crash. What ends up happening many times is we try to live life by only looking backwards, and it does not work. Now, you can learn from the past. You can learn from history, but you can't live only from your history. You have to live from your vision. As Michael Beckwith often says, pain pushes until vision pulls. All right. So Wayne Dyer wrote, page 65, when your inner speech focuses on the way things have always been, you act upon your thoughts of what has always been and the universal all-creating force continues to deliver what has always been. In other words, you're just recycling the same life by recycling the same consciousness. He wrote, why? Because your imagination is a part of that which imagined you into existence. It's the force of creation and you're using it to work against you with your inner speech. So you have to be careful about what you are telling yourself in your own mind. You have to be careful about the images you are producing in your own mind. You have to be careful about the excuses that you give yourself in your own mind. I can't emphasize this enough. It will catch you up. All right. In other words, it will create a life that you don't desire. You can say you want these other things, but your inner conversation is building a paradigm that is not consistent with the good you say you desire in your life. So he wrote it this way, make a shift and catch yourself when you are focusing on what has always been and move your inner speech to what you intend to manifest. Now, what that looks like in real time, again, is the same things over and over again as he gives the matches. Uh, no match would be, I've always been poor. I was raised in, on shortages and scarcity. The match is, I intend to attract wealth and prosperity in unlimited abundance. Or you can just simply say, I am prosperity. No match. We've always fought in this relationship. Match. I'll, I'll work at being peaceful and not allowing anyone to bring me down. No match. My children have never shown me any respect. Match. I intend to teach my children to respect all of life, and I'll treat them in the same way. No match. I can't help feeling this way. It's my nature. I've always been this way. Match. I am a divine creation capable of, capable of thinking like my creator. I intend to substitute love and kindness for feelings of inadequacy. It's my choice. So what it's saying is, yet again, you have to have affirmations, statements, declarations, proclamations ready. So when your mind starts to go somewhere else, you can pull yourself back as quickly as possible. If you have to use music, if you have to uh, read something or listen to someone, whatever the process you need to do, the question is how quickly can you recalibrate yourself back to truth? I believe that's the secret of life. Everybody has bumps in the road, breakdown. It's a part of life. but your life will be determined by how quickly you can recalibrate. I want to make sure we're clear about that. Your life will be determined by how quickly you can recalibrate. So he wrote this, and I think this is great. 
The highest functioning people understand that if you don't have a story, you don't have to live up to it. And what that means is there's situations or circumstances that should happen in life. And then we create stories with the meanings we give them. If you don't have the story with all of these different meanings, then you don't have to live up to or in that story. That story doesn't have to impact you. Now, here's the thing. This is what I love about the fact that we all create stories that we live through and and live in. You literally can create an empowering story. You can recreate the story of your life through your own inner speech, through your own imagination, through your own power of the spoken word. Recreate the life you desire by using the tools that God has given you to use for creation. I just want you to think about it from that perspective. Number four, thinking about what they want for you. All right. And we all know that people have various levels of expectation. And that doesn't mean that people are bad, but you have to be mindful that you have to live from the spirit of truth that's within you. And he wrote it this way. I love this. He wrote, talking about friendships. Our definition of friendship, thankfully, excludes the manipulation of guilt that we so often put up with in our families. Inner dialogue commiserates about the manipulative expectation of others ensures that this kind of conduct continues to flow into your life. If your thoughts are on what others expect of you, even though you despise their expectations, expectations, excuse me, you continue to act on and attract more of what they want and expect for you. Why? Because you're thinking about it. It's their expectation, but because you're thinking about it is what you will radiate. And that's what you will attract. He wrote, went on the right. Practice catching yourself when you have a thought of what others want for you and ask yourself, does this expectation match up with my own? In other words, this is where the spirit of God is leading me. Is this what I'm choosing for my own life? Is this, is this what I want for me? Real simple. Is this what I want for me? Because if it's not matching up, then I'm out of integrity with myself. I'm out of alignment with myself. And how can I be powerful when I'm out of alignment with myself? So you have to be mindful that what others think can't be the driving force. You have to be in integrity with yourself. Know not only what you're doing, but why you're doing it. Get real clear. He gives a couple of examples. No match. I'm so annoyed with my family. They just don't understand me and they never have. Match. I love my family. They don't see things my way, but I don't expect them to. I am totally focused on my intentions and I send them love. No match. I make myself sick trying to please everyone else. Match. I am on purpose and doing what I signed up to do in this lifetime. No match. I feel so unappreciated by those I serve that it sometimes makes me cry. Match. I do what I do because it's my purpose and my destiny to do so. No match. No matter what I say or do, it seems as though I can't win. Match. I do what my heart tells me to do with love, kindness, and beauty. Now, I have my own statements that 
I have come up with through the years that just helped me when I bump into things. One of them is I'm not here for that. It's a real quick, simple way of saying when I see drama around me, I'm not here for that. I'm here to fulfill my purpose. I'm here to fulfill my calling. I'm here to whatever I need to add to that. But I quickly disrupt energy by saying in me, once I feel as though stuff is coming at me or people want me to get involved with other things, or people want my opinion and stuff that's not my business, or people want to pull me into that drama or trauma. I just remind myself, I'm not here for that. And I choose to engage with where I choose to engage and I choose to disengage where I, where I desire to disengage without the guilt, without the guilt, because other people will always have expectations about what you should be doing. And the majority of the people who have those expectations often are not fulfilling the expectations they have on their own lives. So you're in my business and saying what I should be doing while you're not handling yours. That's out of order. So it's important for us to recognize as we work through this process, as we work through what we need to work through to make this stuff work, that we are in alignment with truth, that we're doing the things we need to be able to do to be able to connect with this presence and power that resides within us as our true spiritual nature. Remember, you are the image and likeness of God. You are a spiritual being. You are God's idea of itself. And that means you've been equipped with power, but we have to not only be, not only recognize it, but we have to realize it before we can manifest it in our everyday lives. So this book and this series of episodes on this podcast is to help you get to where you need to be concerning the life you desire, getting in alignment with the truth of your own being. So we're going to wrap up now. Uh, as I said before, I'll have a couple of weeks off of doing podcasts. You know, everybody needs a little vacation time from here, from, from time to time. I'm no different. So, but we're going to come back strong, stronger than ever to finish this particular chapter and continue to go on with this book because I'm a big believer that the more you learn the truth about who you are and are able to demonstrate that truth, the more your life is transformed in magnificent ways. There's something radically right about you. So I'm here to help you discover that truth. I'm here to help you understand who you are spiritually, but you have to do your part. I'm going to do my part, which is to expose you to the message, help you understand the message, give you some techniques and skills, help you give you the techniques to develop the skills. And then you have to do the work to tap into your own power, because as Reverend Coleman used to say, it works if you work it. So with that, God bless you. And I hope this lesson can help you get the good you desire in your heart. Take care. Do you ever feel that calling that you should be doing more with your life? 
If you're unhappy with the status quo, I can help. My name is Elias Patras, and I'm an intuitive motivator, psychic medium, and motivational speaker. I know that feeling, and on my podcast, Your Inner Voice, I can help you answer that call to step into your life's purpose. I will show you how to recognize and listen to the signs and signals that are all around us and help you tap into your intuition. Join me for the show here on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's connect, educate, and grow on this journey together.